Hello and welcome to episode 119 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I did say that last week, but it was 118. This is definitely 119, Al. And uh, yes, I am joined by the aforementioned Alistair. Yes, good evening, Michael, and good evening, Anton. Uh, yes, evening. It's uh, fantastic. We've got so much news this week. It's uh, quite a mouthful this week. Yeah, well, we were, of course, going to be doing, normally we would be doing an E3 special, but because of the way our diaries didn't line up, we had to kind of forgo that. So instead, tonight, it's a bumper episode where we do dissect E3. We'll do our usual ratings. We'll go through the games in order. We're going to talk about all that. Uh, but as well as that, um, there, there are other things to talk about as well. So before we do get started, I just want to check in with you both and see what you've been playing this week. First of all, Alistair. <laughs> I'm going to just give you the same answer I've given you every week for the last, I'm going to say, two months. I play Stardew. And a bit of Stardew. Um, I played a little bit of Stardew as well, actually. Yeah. Oh, very good. good. I've heard of that um, one. Are, have you got through the second year yet? Um, no. <laughs> despite, despite having been playing this so much, and I feel like I really have been playing it forever now, I'm still only in, I'm nearly at the end of autumn of the second year. Wow. Okay. And how much does the, the game kind of shuffle amongst years? Because I feel like most people I've heard that have played Stardew, they like put a year in. And then it's like they start a new save. <laughs> yeah, I am kind of getting to the stage now where I've, I've unlocked a few, quite a lot. There's a few of the, the uh, characters in the town that I need to go and sort of befriend to unlock various other bits and pieces and places. But a lot of the, um, what do you think? The, the, the things that are teased early in the story, I don't want to give too much away, but there's, there's little stories and hints and things that kind of crop up. And I've managed to figure out or uh, slog my way through unlocking most of them now and there's just a couple of little areas a couple of secrets I want to do and then I'm going to shelve the game and walk away from it and find something new to play which will probably be Mario Golf because, you know, it came out this week or next week it's out soon And what about you, Anton? What have you been playing this week? I am looking forward to Mario Golf but I'm I'm not day one yet but the reviews so far look great Yeah, um, this week I finally gave Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity go it will co-op in person uh, on a slightly long couch um but yeah i've tried that for the first time and you know i had fun but i must say uh, i don't know this a degree of this might be the fact that it was in co-op but it did feel like we could do with a switch pro you know framely drops there's bits where it's like i was looking down this corridor i'm like oh there's no enemies down there and then i walked forward a little and then they all pop in oh no <laughs> like oh wow yeah i didn't get any of that playing it in single player at all yeah, I from what I can gather, at least the frame rate was apparently a lot worse in co-op than it is in single player. But um, yeah, maybe maybe waiting for a Switch Pro would be nice if uh, if you are a co-op gamer there. But yeah, really fun. And uh, you know, I I guess I might need to pick it up if uh, we're slowly getting to see some more Breath of the Wild stuff. I need to, to jump on that before it's too late. Yeah, I it's, know. It is a, such a good game. I, mean, I just so enjoyed that, albeit well, there's, been, there's DLC that we're going to talk about, but uh, it it does look like more of the same, but I did enjoy it. I really enjoyed that game a lot. Yeah, well, I've been playing, well, there's a couple of huge discounts in the eShop. There's quite a lot of good sales in the eShop right now, but two of the games I bought were the Metro Last Light um, Redux game, which I think is about £2.20 something, and it's normally about 
20 quid, maybe even more. So that's 100%. Just go buy it. It's an amazing deal. Um, we mentioned this in uh, our episode this week of Roundup as well. And the other one was Firewatch, which I've literally waited two years to go on sale. And I've mentioned it many times in the podcast saying, oh, why don't we get a sale? Why does America always get Firewatch on sale? Um, and it finally went on sale for the first time in the UK. And it's down to £4.49, I think it is from 15 quid and I bought it and uh, I played day one of it I'm sorry I played the intro of it and then day one and it is fantastic it's a great game it's very different very atmospheric um, I'm not going to spoil anything but just go and play it it's a great great game so uh, really enjoying that so I'm going to try and play through that this week if I can and a bit of Rocket League that's been me this week I was up in the gold divisions at some point this week and I think I'm maybe somewhere in the silver again but uh, yeah all the glitters and all that Yeah, as you mentioned, like the sales this week for the Nintendo Switch have been fantastic. So if you're not already one of our patrons, highly recommend checking out the website because we do a podcast called Roundup and go through all the deals because it's been a particularly exceptional week in terms of deals at the moment. Yeah, we do a fortnightly podcast called Roundup for our Patreons, which goes through all the sales, everything, that, or all the games that are coming out. We look at bargains of the week, which we talk about every single time we do the episode. We've got a video that we recommend, and that's exclusive to our N64 Patreons on uh, our sort of Patreon tiers. Uh, but there is something like eight or nine extra podcasts a month if you're on that tier and just slightly under that if you're on the, the tier below and loads of extras we give away mugs I mean I do love the mugs um, if I, I've just I should have actually I, I said before we started Al that I should have got a drink sorted and uh, normally I do have it in my NSUK mug which you're currently holding up there are two of them uh, <laughs> exclusive to our N64 pa- uh, Patreon supporters but um, I do like the mugs I'll the mugs are great. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do next time, Ryan. We've done two mugs. We might mix it up next time and come up Maybe. with something else, something boomerangs. Boomerangs. N sixty four. N sixty four. N S U K P. Boomerangs. <laughs> Sounds like a good shout. I'll go. Uh, I'll go start researching that now. Yeah, and the cool thing is, we can resell them when they come back. Be great. <laughs> um, so let's move on to. Sorry. Oh, dear. oh, sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. We've got loads to talk about. We are going to fly through this because. When I say there's a lot of games, there's a lot, a lot of games in the sort of, you know, spirit of Silla Black, I guess, the way that that was there. Uh, let's move on to this week's news. And for those that don't know who Silla Black is, she was a TV host that did um, Blind Date and many other things. And surprise, surprise, she was a great host. Okay, time to talk about this week's news. And it is all about E3 to start with. We're going to start with all the announcements. We're going to go through them. We're not going to spend long on them. I just really want to kind of really just a kind of sentence or an overview from each of you as we go through these because we will get time at the end to kind of assess the whole of the event like we always do and give it our score out of 10. So we started with Tekken's uh, Kazuya has joined Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. We thought there would be an extra Super Smash announcement, but this was quite a cool one, Al. I was so left field. I was not expecting Kazuya. In fact, I don't think anyone <laughs> out there was expecting Kazuya. But it's probably the first of the DLC characters that I've actually been interested in appearing in Smash. Because, I mean, it's fine having Banjo-Kazooie and all these things. It's very cool. But this is this is Tekken crossing with Smash. It is just the coolest thing in the world. Having always been a bit of a fan of Tekken. I've always been rubbish at it, but I've enjoyed it. I just think this is, this is the best. This is the first time I've got excited about a Smash announcement. Yeah, it was great to see because I kind of, once uh, it got revealed, I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess that is like a really iconic character. And, you know, let's get Tekken on the Switch properly. Let's do it. Um, 
yeah, now I just want to play Tekken Link 7 now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Square Enix then announced Life is Strange Remastered Collection. They also announced Life is Strange True Colours. Weirdly, we have a date for True Colours, which is the new one, September 10th, and we don't have for the Remastered Collection. Um, this was one of my highlights. Absolutely brilliant games. Can't wait to play them on the Switch. And, um, you know, really great collection. Perfect for the Switch, I think. So for me, Anton, that was a really good announcement. Yeah, and the the true colours kind of going with a slightly different art style looks fantastic. And uh, yeah, this is a, a franchise that kind of missed me by the first time, but I remember hearing such great uh, reviews on it. So getting one and two combined in that remastered collection, fantastic. And uh, yeah, I think episodic games like The Walking Dead, like Life is Strange, work fantastic on the Switch. So it feels like it's finally coming home, Mal. I know, it's I, like you, it's a game that I don't think i've ever played i had a feeling that i may have played the first chapter of one of them on the ps plus subscription back on probably the ps3 i guess um and at the time it didn't grip me but i really wish it stuck with it because people have such wonderful things to say about it so the fact we're going to get them uh, both actually coming to the switch is excellent yeah, uh, Square Enix also announced Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the cloud version for the Switch, is coming on October the twenty sixth. We should mention, of course, that the Pro wasn't uh, wasn't anywhere to be seen or heard, and we're still seeing more cloud versions. Anton, this might have been one that might have been ripe for a Pro, but um, well, it's a cloud version. I think they've run pretty well so far. The cloud versions, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know, I, I won't lie. Although I'm not a fan of the business model. The cloud experience on the Nintendo Switch has been the best cloud experience I've had so far. So I can't knock it there. The one thing that did catch me off guard is they were almost a little bit sneaky about the fact that this was a cloud version. I don't think they mentioned it in the Direct, which I remember after a Direct, everybody's like, wow, this is looking really good for a Switch port. So I'm hoping this doesn't become a thing that they start being more sneaky about this sort of thing. I'm pretty sure it was mentioned right at the end of it because I remember coming away from it thinking it was a cloud version or knowing it was a cloud version. So no, actually, I literally just as as we were talking about there, I just rewatched the clip just to see they don't mention the cloud version at all. They were incredibly sneaky because I, like Anton, watched it and thought that looks that looks stunning, and I actually went away thinking, have they just shown us footage from a different platform? Is that not the Switch game? So. I'm pleased it actually is going to look like that. And I don't mind the whole streaming game thing. I just worry about the longevity of how how you can access these things. Because, you know, stream games are all well and good. But as soon as they turn the server off, the game's gone. And that kind of bothers me because it means you can't archive them. I mean, how many collectors are going to be wanting these games in the future and they won't exist? So I, I'm a bit disappointed. But the game looks cool. I'm just disappointed the actors don't look like the the movies or the characters don't like the movie characters because you know that would be nice yeah to be fair to them in the trailer in the small print it does say persistent high speed internet connection is required um so i think that's probably why i assumed it was the cloud version um but um yeah it's it's it is a weird one the the fact that they they didn't make it very very clear they definitely didn't make it very clear that's for sure there's no argument about that but um Still, as you said, the the cloud versions have worked pretty well. Next up, Team 17 showcased Worms Rumble for the Switch uh, coming out in a few days' time. I thought this one might be up your street, Al. Yeah, I think this is maybe the third or the fourth time we talked about this game. It was one of the ones that we've seen at least twice before, uh, so it wasn't new to us. But it's just cool seeing it. And it does look like a good couch co-op, having a bit of fun, messing with your mates and just shooting the living daylights out of well, worms. What is not like not what is not to like about this game? 
Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, this one's uh, I'm very excited to get my hands on it. Really great price. I think it's like 8 9 pounds off the top of my head. And I think the fact that it's not turn-based will be quite nice because there's a lot of different weapons, a lot of different mechanics when you play Worms. And, you know, you, you play for like four seconds and then like you yeet yourself into the ocean and drown. Uh, so having this <laughs> a little bit more quicker, a little bit more frantic, um, I think this would be like a great introduction to then go off and play one of the more strategic uh, big boy Worms in future. Yeah, it's. Um, I think I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, next up, Dear Villagers showcased Astria Ascending for the Switch, which is a classic JRPG coming out on the 30th of September. I'll be honest, for me, this wasn't one that particularly interested me, only because I don't know much about the actual JRPG itself, but I think fans of the genre will be really pleased because it is pretty well loved and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see these coming to the Switch, but not my particular bag, this one, Al. Yeah, I mean, I watched this and thought, why is this here? It just looked, the visuals are weird and awkward. It just looked kind of cheap and a bit naff, to be honest. It didn't, it looked like it might have been one of the ones you skip over in an indie direct. It didn't look like it should be in their main feed personally. I mean, what do you feel about it, Anton? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. From what I can gather, the main producer, creative director was uh, higher up on Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy X, and um, the remakes of a couple titles. And this, for them, I can gather, seems to be their passion project. So I think they did really good with the Final Fantasy VII remake and the Everlessent new version is coming out of that as well on PS5. And then they're like, okay, you get to do your little passion project with a small budget, a smaller budget, and this is what we've got. So, you know, it's, it is done by Square Enix, but it's not their most ambitious title I get. I think it's just like... You did good. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about the visuals. I think they're not. I think they're quite nice in some places. To be honest, I didn't think they were that bad. I do think it looks a bit mobile gamey, though. That's the only thing I would say. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think any of us are going to be rushing out to buy it anyway. Next up, Sega showcased Two Point Camp, Two Point Campus for the Nintendo Switch coming out in 2022. We already knew about this when we talked about it at length last week. So, I guess the only surprise was that they talked about it in the direct. I'll... <laughs> I know. I was kind of taken aback when they showed it to us but sure why not I mean it's been announced for all the platforms and I think it probably turned up in um, one of the Xbox ones as well from memory but sure okay chuck it in there we we like the game I'm not going to knock them for it yeah indeed and uh, yeah to be honest it's titles like this I'm like would would this have maybe been the first time we heard about it if it wasn't then leaked so prematurely um, but you know it's good to to see it and you know see it on the Switch I, I'm hoping that gameplay was Switch footage yeah well we'll see with that Sega also announced Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania for the Switch coming out on October the 5th I did I was quite impressed with this one um, Anton um, I, I was they obviously went to 
town with the kind of looking at some of the old um, footage from some of the games um, and I didn't really quite figure out I'm assuming that it does have the first you know it has those games in it and it's a kind of collection is that right? Um, yeah so it's kind of taking all the courses and the game modes and all of that and combining it into one cohesive experience which mm-hmm. It's really exciting because I know some of the critiques of the the most recent Super Monkey Ball is it was inspired off of the the Wii entry in the franchise, obviously removing motion controls, uh, but it was that kind of third, fourth game in the franchise, which wasn't people's top tier pick. Uh, but this is based on, as you say, the first, second and deluxe game. So this is the fan favorites redone, put in one cohesive collection. And to be honest, I think that combination makes it sound like it's going to be quite a beefy package of gaming goodness. It does. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people have a lot of love for these games and they do look gorgeous. They look really, really nice. Uh, I think there'll be a, a lot of excitement when this actually gets released. It'll probably do quite well. Yeah, I played the first two, I think, and really liked them as games. So um, this definitely got me interested, I must admit. Uh, next up. This was one of my highlights, and that is Mario Party Superstars for the Nintendo Switch coming out on October the 29th. It will be full price, but what do you expect for a Mario Party game? I'm just shocked we're getting another one. I'm still disappointed by the lack of what we actually got with the last one, but this is going to have online. It's going to have loads of historical, great kind of mini games and boards and all sorts. And it feels like this is what they should have done with the last one, Al. <laughs> I know. I mean, they're basically taking the N64. Um, maps, boards, boards, taking N64 boards, they're updating them, making them look all pretty and giving us a whole lot of nice mini games, fan favourite mini games. It's it's almost like a, not quite an homage to, but it's kind of like an homage to the Mario Party games. And I think it's going to be great, although I, I'm a bit disappointed that they're charging 50 quid for it, but I'm not really surprised because the last one was 50 quid and it worked well. But it does now explain why they were so easily able to add online to the previous version because they built it for this game. They literally probably just took a module and plugged it in and went, there you go, it works online and done. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get people excited about this before we release a new one. Yeah, you know, this is quite an exciting one because I, I know they don't usually recycle mini games, but in all honesty, it's not like, you know, going from Mario Galaxy to Super Mario Odyssey. Like, you don't go back, or most people don't go back and play the old Mario Party. So just having the best Mario Party you can have on your Switch is ideal. I know they attempted a similar sort of thing on the 3DS with Mario Party Top 100, but it was the 3DS. You want a party game on the big TV, so I'm really delighted that we've got this title now. Yeah, me too. I think this is really great. I don't actually mind the the price on this just because I know the quality of the game having played many a Mario Party. I'm, I'm excited for a new experience with it that is also a classic experience so that's really good next up the uh, Nintendo also acknowledged Metroid Prime 4 um, <laughs> acknowledged it as if to say well yeah that's happening but they also announced Metroid Dread which is Metroid 5 uh, it's, uh, it's it's well it's it, I think it was originally on it was going to be on the DS or the 3DS and the, or the DS and then they, they've kind of completely reworked it and it looks really really great it's coming out on the 8th of October uh, it's going to be full price. It's going to be forty nine ninety nine. Some people have kind of scoffed at that price, but it does look incredibly detailed. And if you want a classic Metroid game, this has got to be the one L. Yeah, I think this was one of. It might not have been one of my personal highlights, but I think it was one of the highlights of the direct. It was so unexpected. I mean, everybody's been talking about Prime Four for so long, and all of a sudden we're getting two D Metroid. What? 
this is this is mind blowing, and it looks gorgeous. It's it's literally the old style gameplay. Everything is exactly as you'd expect it and want it to be, but with updated visuals. It's just so wonderful. There are, there are no words to describe this, and I mean, I have never completed a Metroid game. I last played them when I was in my teens on probably the SNES, and it was too difficult. I was too much a wimp and the internet didn't exist so I couldn't go and look up answers easily as to what to do when I got stuck on puzzles. Now I can. I probably really enjoy this. So yeah, I, I think this is just, it's it's a unexpected um, pleasure that they announced this one. Mm, I'm going to be the better one. I, I saw this title and I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be captivating and I think it's, you know, if you loved Samus Returns, which I did, you're going to have fun here. But I, as a package, I was like, this looks like a, an upscaled 3DS game in my eyes. Like it just, the visual quality just looks like they've increased the resolution, which was a bit disappointing in that regard. Like this doesn't feel like a console game in 2021. And the fact that it will be the full 50 pounds, I was like, mm. but I think it'll be fun. I agree. 50 does seem a bit high for it, but I think it depends how you look at the game. If you look at the game as this is supposed to be a sort of a successor to Metroid and we're not wanting to break the formula and we want it to look and feel like Metroid, I think they've done exactly the right thing. Mm. Uh, I, I sit somewhere in the middle um, on this one because it's not the game that I want to buy. I'm not particularly bothered by it at all. But I do think this will suit a lot of people. I think this is going to be the kind of Metroid experience that people will love and go, go you know, really kind of enjoy, particularly in handheld mode. Likewise, I still think forty nine ninety nine is very steep, and I must admit, when it was on for me personally, I was like, "Cool, this is great. People are going to love this. Let's move on." <laughs> that's how I felt, um, and um, that's not to say I didn't think it was great. I thought it was really, really cool, but it's not my thing. Next up, I know this one's going to excite all of you, uh, both of you. Uh, Ubisoft showcase Just Dance twenty twenty two for the Nintendo Switch. It's coming out on the fourth of November. Uh, we knew this was coming out anyway. We kind of it was leaked earlier in the week. In fact, no, it was announced earlier in the week at the Ubisoft. Direct. So we knew this was happening, but um, I'll, I'm assuming it's a day one purchase for yourself. Absolutely. 100%. I can't wait for this game to come out. I'm just falling over myself, giddy with excitement, Mike. <laughs> okay, we'll take that as sarcasm, Anton. <laughs> yep, it's funny. I feel like I've built up like a Just Dance callus of having seen it at every E3 for years now that I think I blacked out. I think I just passed out and then all of a sudden there was a new game on front of my ass. Yeah, it wasn't. I do not remember it being shown in the slightest. Oh yeah, I remember it being shown. I kind of went, oh, here we go. Uh, Okay, this one, weird one this, because at first I kind of went, oh, that's kind of fun. And then I looked a bit into the history of this game and how it was an arcade classic. And now I'm really psyched for it. Raw Thrills have announced Cruising Blast for the Switch coming out in the autumn at some point. Um, proper arcadey stuff, but it's got four player and it's that it just looks really fun. I'm excited for this one, Al. I mean, yeah, it's it's a very dumb, very very arcade racery type game. I, I mean, I like it. It's got a Nissan 350Z in it, and anybody who listens to our sort of um, last call knows that I had one and loved them, and for that reason alone, I quite like the game. But to be honest, it's another dumb arcade racing game and there's so many of them i i don't really know if it's got enough of a hook these days to be much not make much of an impact but who knows i I might just be being cynical i think this one is a little different though it's got a bit of a history this anton yeah you know uh follow-up of uh cruising usa and those sort of games um you know i'm quite excited to get my hands on this i hope they don't price it too high um, you know, we've had a couple arcade racers in the earlier kind of they go and base them right on, you know, stuff like Virtual Racer or their kind of more Need for Speed Burnout sort of era. 
this is like, you know, outrun arcade sort of era, which I, I don't know. Maybe I've just not played many of them on the Switch, but I'm I'm craving that sugar and the sticky bowling alley carpet vibes. Totally. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I think this is going to be really great. And at first I kind of went, ah, cool. And then I went back and went, no, I want that. Uh, Bandai Namco announced Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I don't know, I'm sure that's how you pronounce it. And uh, New Power Awakens for the Nintendo Switch coming out the 24th of September. Weird one about these games because, uh, again, I was never a Dragon Ball Z um, too old, basically. My brother was into Dragon Ball Z, but these games are supposed to be actually pretty reasonable and definitely have a big following. So, again, I think a welcome addition to the Switch, just not one that I'll be buying now. Uh, likewise, but I do think it looks quite cool. Me the too. art style is kind of the familiar Dragon Ball, I wouldn't call it Z, just to be annoying, the Dragon Ball Z uh, aesthetic, and it works really, really well on the Switch. The game looks quite attractive and looks like it probably is quite good fun. Mm. It's just probably nothing that I think, well, certainly you and I won't pick up. Antonio, are you likely yep. to pick this up? I, I am in the same boat as yourselves. I won't lie, the Dragon Ball Z games on the Nintendo Switch have leaned into the capabilities of the console quite well, where... It doesn't look like you're making any big compromises compared to the other platforms, but we have had a couple of these, and I won't lie, they're, they all look a little bit similar-ish to my eyes, but, um, you know, nevertheless, people seem to love them. They seem to sell really well, so getting more of it on the go, fantastic. Uh, next up, Nintendo showcased Mario Golf Super Rush, and they gave us some insight into the game modes and just gave us a good darn look at it, and there's some real fun-looking modes in there, Al. The one thing which I thought was really weird, is there's been criticism this week about the lack of game modes. And I looked at it and went, there's, there's loads of game modes. <laughs> yeah, there's so many of them. Although I have to say, I was a bit disappointed that this was in the direct and was given so much time yeah. because we knew it was coming. It's about to, literally about to be released. Um, and I kind of sat and thought, why are you wasting time in direct? Tell us about new stuff. We know about this. Move on. Um but that's not to say I'm not excited. I'm definitely buying that game. I did like yeah. the I did like the, the the mode where you can sort of hit your ball and run, and the first to the hole is is the winner. Anton, I thought it was a particularly good multiplayer game. Yeah, you know, overall, I, I know there's as you say the criticism about the game modes. I'm just thinking back to Mario um, Tennis Super Smash or whatever it was on the uh, Nintendo Wii U, and I think that had just tennis uh, so this has like as you say the kind of run runs first the hole it's got this battle golf mode which it looks madness it almost reminds me of the battle mode from mario kart um yeah overall i think people will be happy with this title yeah me too next up capcom showcase monster hunter stories 2 wings of ruin for the nintendo switch is coming out the 9th of july i've heard really good things about the monster hunter stories series and i thought this looked really really quite special this game it's not one again i don't think i'm probably likely to to buy it unless it was in a, a sale but i do think there's going to be a lot of love for this one anton yeah you know i think the although not the title titles i'm into the monster hunter games on the nintendo switch have kind of gotten a, a little bit of a blind eye uh, i think mainly because there's so many monster hunters uh, generally but you know this is a fairly huge and expansive game with tons of enemies and mechanics and you know, very detailed, a lot of depth. And I feel like if, you know, there hadn't been a Monster Hunter game a couple of years back, this would be like, oh my God, this is a really big, substantial title coming to the Switch and, you know, coming out relatively soon. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I don't know if it's a sequel or it's just or the next in the, the installment of the Monster Hunter stories, uh, which started on the DS, I think. But you can now get on sort of Android and Apple and all these kinds of places. It's spread out 
all across the place. But they get really, really well reviewed. The previous ones being sort of getting, you know, four and a half out of fives and just they're very solid titles. So the fact that there's another iteration that's coming is really good news. The fact it's coming on the Switch is really good news. And to be fair, the trailer did look really, really good. It's it's going to have uh, a lot of attention and a lot of people will be clamoring to buy this. It will do well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Nintendo also announced WarioWare Get It Together. This one coming out on the 10th of September, $39.99. I, I think this is great. WarioWare, perfect. Let's play some fun, daft, stupid mini games on the Switch. I mean, we don't have enough of them, even though we do have enough of them, but we don't have enough of them really because you can't get enough of them out. <laughs> and they've released it at a good price. Yeah. I remember a couple of weeks ago, they put out a survey asking, would you pay, was it, I think it was $40, $39.99 for a new WarioWare game. Uh, and we can, we discussed it back then. So I, I'm super chuffed that they're bringing this game out. It looks like so much fun. And there's so many different mini games and modes and visual styles in there. Particularly enjoyed the one that looked like the old Game Boy on the screen. Mm. That was that was just class. And let's say it's a WarioWare game. They're great fun. So interestingly put up against Mario Party. I mean, they're obviously different, but not that different from each other. Yeah. You know I mean, interestingly, they're releasing them both at the same time. Yeah, I could totally see people in the store, you know, having to weigh up their options of which one they're going for. But yeah, what I really admire about this title is I think a lot of newer party games, they've, you know, they've upped the graphics, they've upped the production value, they've upped the stakes. And look at Super Mario Party. And the consequence of that is it just there's only so many mini games they can fit in at the, those graphics and that scale and with all those assets. This is still a very simple, small mini game. So you get a good bit of variety, a good bit of content there. And, you know, I'm just happy we've got WarioWare because that means there's potential for Wario on the Switch, which means there's potential for Wario Land on the Switch mm. and Wario World. Which that's the future, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, hey, they're hopefully be more direct to tell us these details at some point. You never know. Atlas also showcased Shin Megami Tensei Five for the Switch coming out on the twelfth of November. I thought this looked uh, like a powerhouse of a game. I mean, I, again, I loved the Tokyo by day, Tokyo by night thing. I hope there's more to do in the day. That's the one thing I did. We we only saw the night stuff, and I really want to do the day stuff. But um, yeah, again, it looks intense this one and um, yeah I, I mean it's cool it's not Persona 5 but it's obviously got links to it so it's it's cool <laughs> to be fair I've never played either the, the either uh, Shin Megami Tensei or a Persona and all I saw was sort of Atlas and school kids and random day night shift and I thought is this going to be is this going to be Mike very happy is this Persona 5 and then it came out saying with Shin Megami Tensei I was like oh that looks cool but Mike will be gutted yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've, um, as I've mentioned on the podcast, recently completed Catherine Full Body, and I am really craving another Atlas title. And I'm seeing this one, I'm like, this could be a, a, a good mouthful. I was looking at the kind of the free Nocturne remake, and that seems to have been really well done. And kind of learning about what a Shimagansi Tensei game is, it's like, oh, that's some big brain content there. It's not just like a, a cool, dumb. JRPG, there's some proper philosophy in there, which I was like, oh, I'm not smart enough for that today. Uh, maybe tomorrow when I've got more brain cells. But mm -hmm. 
um, you know, another game in a franchise. I'm very yeah. excited. Yeah, it's very cool. Next up is the uh, the one that the the first one of this whole direct that I've pre-ordered already, and that is Spike Chunsoft. They announced Danganronpa Decadence for the Switch, which is coming out later in the year. It includes Trigger Happy Havoc, which is the first one, the anniversary edition uh, two, which is Goodbye Despair anniversary edition again. We've got Danganronpa V3, Killing Harmony, Anniversary Edition, and also Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp, which is one that we haven't really seen in a collection. So this was... I I thought they would bring this to Switch. I didn't expect to see it in a direct, if I'm honest, um, because it's although it's got a huge following, it doesn't strike me as a direct announcement, weirdly. Uh, but I was delighted, absolutely delighted. Great collection. It's coming to the Switch. It's the perfect place for it, Anton. And I'm not the only one that's going to be delighted with this announcement. Yeah, uh, this was the highlight of the show. Um, you know, just incredible tales. It was a, a good couple of years back, uh, myself and Mike, we did a podcast and it was one of our co-hosts on that played exclusively Danning Rompa games and raved about them every single week. And I was like, oh, this this seems like it'll cons- a game that would come out on Nintendo NX. And here we are in 2021. I was right all along. So I'm pre-ordering as soon as I can, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be the dissenter in the group. I watched this and went, I really don't give a monkey's. And I know I'm alone in this. And certainly in the show, quite possibly in our Discord, I know there is at least one, if not more, of our patrons weeping at this announcement. They were overjoyed with it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I just—it's just not my cup of tea. I just don't do these things, and I'm more far more interested in Mario Golf. Just a dumb, stupid, fun game I can run around and watch. Yeah, but you can't—you can't deny that it's a great addition to the Switch library because it's a it ten out of ten is. rated game online. <laughs> it's, it's I guess like, sure. It's yeah. one of the best rated games of all time. <laughs> I'm just struggling to get excited about it, Mike. I'm struggling well, to get excited. That's all right. I don't get excited about other games, but I've also acknowledged that they're great additions to the library and it was a great <laughs> announcement. So if you Every want to. Every game be, is a great addition to our library. The bigger the library, the better. If you want to be churlish about it, that's fine. Next up, Koei Tecmo <laughs> announced Fatal Frame, Maiden of Black Water for the Nintendo Switch coming out later in the year. What was your thoughts on this, Al? Was this, did this meet your seal of approval? Uh, I'm I'm scared, but also intrigued. It did look incredibly moody, very moody. It's another one of these ones where you're running around with the camera trying to take pictures of ghosts. Uh, I feel there's at least one, if not two or three of these kicking around at the moment, but this one I think is, it's a Nintendo IP, I believe. Yeah, it was the Wii U sure. before. Yeah, it's it's so un-Nintendo-y, but I kind of like the fact that Nintendo had this, this really random black sheep in its kind of uh, field of sheep. I don't know where I'm going with that. It looks good. Yeah, Anton, it's (laughs) basically Pokemon Snap, Resident Evil and House of the Dead all rolled into one, isn't it? Yeah, this was, I won't lie, my favourite announcement for slightly different reasons. On This game has previously only ever been on the Wii U and is the single most expensive game for that console. I'm going for the complete collection. It currently goes for 150 to 200. Hopefully this will bring down the price, but if you're not familiar with the franchise, basically you're in kind of haunted places and you can only see the ghosts when you use a camera. As you say, it is a Nintendo IP, but what is particularly curious about this entry is it's also coming to PlayStation and Xbox. Including PS5. Yeah, so it's kind of a... A one of a kind, so we don't know if they've sold on the franchise rights or if they're just like nobody realized this was a Nintendo IP anyway, or it's just not profitable to just release on Nintendo Switch because it sold so horribly on the Wii U. Not too sure what's going on there, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm just excited because it is a good title. Hopefully, get the Wii U one for cheaper now. (laughs) Yeah, I suspect you will. It's uh, usually what happens with uh, 
when games finally get re-released uh, next up ID Software showcase Doom Eternal The Ancient Gods part one for the Switch it's out now a little bit of kind of DLC or extra content for Doom Eternal which we know is a great port on the Switch it looked really good it looked really well done I must admit um, and the good thing about this one is I'm fairly certain having not actually read any reviews to be fair that this will run well on the Switch because Doom Eternal does Al yeah it looked Gorgeous. I mean, I'm assuming the footage they showed us was Switch footage because why would it not be? And it did look absolutely amazing. I think it will slot right into that perfect level of um, Switch port that we got before. And even even I'm interested in it. I don't normally do that kind of game, but it just it looked less frantic and less terrifying than its previous um, Big Brother, shall we say. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's interesting because it is a Doom game with some interesting story and campaign uh, which to be honest I just usually go in there and kill things so for it to actually have a, a story on top of that that's a nice lure to add yeah. um, and you know it's amazing with the Doom Eternal ports on the Switch where you can c- clearly see the compromises that are being made but it's just a magnificent feat of engineering that Panic Button has done on this port and it's just amazing to have this kind of figurehead showcase of what the Switch is capable of. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's it looks fantastic. Next up, though, this is one that Al will be, I suspect, very excited about. Uh, Activision showcased Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 for the Switch, coming out 25th of June, so it's later this week. Um, this just has reminiscence all over it for me. It just reminds me of the gaming days of the late 90s, early 2000s and Tony Hawk's being the game that I played to death. The soundtrack is fantastic. It seems to all be there. I, there was a quick clip in, in the in the trailer of the songs and I thought, oh, that's great. They've actually got it. They've, yeah, they've kept the licenses. Great. Uh, it looks looks pretty good as well, Al. I have been excited about this since it was first leaked and then it was announced and I can't wait for it to come out. But as, as excited as I am for one and two, I'm now just already desperate for them to do three because to me three was just the pinnacle of that whole um franchise i've just i loved pro skater three so we've got one we've got two. Oh, i really hope they do three mm. <laughs> yeah how are you feeling about the the port job on this because um i won't lie graphically i was kind of a little bit like because i i won't lie they did such an incredible job on the other platforms that you know as you know, not expecting that to fully translate, but in the same way of Doom Eternal, where you know you can see the compromises, but it's still all there. It felt like there was something missing a little here, I, but I, it'll still be fun. I tend to agree that I do think that it didn't look the shiniest of the announcements. It looked a little bit kind of like, okay, cool, this is this is the same game, cool, we get that. But it didn't. It, for me, it definitely. You're right. I don't think it was quite as unbelievable. It was the lighting. The lighting was missing. The cool fancy lighting effect you got on the other consoles really made it look... Uh, it, it raised the visual bar. They're not there on the Switch port, because that's what I was looking at earlier on, trying to figure out that very thing. And the Switch port, it still looks good, but in a very different way. It's nowhere near as crisp, and the light just doesn't work the same way. But the gameplay is the important bit. And it's not that it looks bad, it just doesn't look as good as the the bigger, more powerful consoles. And let's face it, I can't expect it to. Yeah, no, it's um, it is great that it's come to the Switch though, and I think that kind of game. I don't know if it even matters so much if it plays well. I don't think that's going to be the main thing on this. Next up, Rebellion Interact. They announced and released Strange Brigade for the Nintendo Switch, which is a bit like a kind of Indiana Jones meets Uncharted meets Tomb Raider kind of adventure. Um, you can play co-op as well. You can play solo. I have to say, it looks pretty good. The, the criticism of it that I've seen so far is that there's slightly less of the kind of exciting moments that you get in, in an Uncharted but the price reflects that it isn't the most expensive I think it's like 
15, 20 quid or something on the eShop. You can play it um, uh, co-op as well. And yeah, I, I have to say, uh, quite a cool little title, this, I thought, Al. Um, yeah, 15, 20 quid is not quite so bad. I mean, I watched this and went, what? This, this, it just, there were lots of little things about this that really bugged me. Like, when you're shooting... The, the, I'll call them the baddies when you're shooting the baddies there was a distinct lack of any kind of reaction just, there was no indication that they'd been hit there was no, just nothing they just kind of kept going ding 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 and then all of a sudden they were dead it just looked weird and kind of cheap and it, to me it just looked like a poor version of Uncharted but if they're only charging 15 quid for it and there's a decent story to go with it it might be worth it we'll, we'll see I'll see what the reviews are when they actually come out yeah I, I mean yeah what's your thoughts Anton? Yeah, I think the, the co-op is the thing that really sets this game aside. I think if it was just single player, it would be like, ah, oh, this is this is poor, poor man's Uncharted, sadly. But I think the fact it's got that co-op and, you know, obviously the, that self-game has its puzzle elements. And I think adding a second player into the loop could introduce some interesting things. I know sometimes when, you know, you're just wanting a nice co-op night, you're just like, there's only two, so many 2D platformers or shoot 'em ups or... You want something a little bit more substantial. This might fill this role a little. Yeah, so it's twenty two forty nine for the deluxe edition on the eShop. I don't know if there's an undeluxe edition or not, but um, it's... Yeah, I, I must admit, I would imagine that you could play this, like you said, Anton, as a kind of co-op adventure. I think that could be quite quite cool. Um I liked it. I, I thought it was all right, I, I, especially at that price. I'm glad it wasn't a full price title, though. Next up, we had, well, we knew that Ubisoft had already done this because they showcased it themselves, but Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope for the Switch coming out 2022. We don't have to talk about this too long because we talked about it at length last week, but I'll say I'm getting it. That's all I need to. you need to know from me. I'll... Ditto from me. Cool. And if you haven't played the original, go buy it now. Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp was also announced by Nintendo and that is coming out on the 3rd of December. Now, this was a bit of a an exciting announcement. Of course, it's a remake of the Game Boy Advance games, Anton, and a lot of people were very excited about this. Now, for me personally, it's not a game I played, so I'm not particularly bothered, although I may pick it up at some point. It's not a day one, um, but I thought it looked nice. Yeah, I'm kind of part of the generation of kids that grew up with advances. And I remember them, like a lot of other kids my age, really loving the Advance 4 games. Um, and just like being like, it's one of the best Nintendo games. And, you know, Nintendo was on a winning streak at that time. So uh, really delighted that, you know, might actually be able to give this game a proper chance now. It's so weird because I, I watched this and went, I don't get it. That looks like the most boring thing in the world. What? Why is... What? And at the same time, I was watching all the reactions of everyone going, Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Best game ever. And I just couldn't put two and two together. But it's one of these ones, I guess, with without knowing what it is, without having the history of playing it, it does look like a very two-dimensional, dull game because you don't understand the mechanics behind it, read the characters, what's going on. Uh, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting, because obviously I think one of the things that was innovative about the original titles was fitting such a kind of strategic strategy game on a Game Boy. Like it was, um, you know, at the time, if you wanted a strategy game, you were on PC and this was on a Game Boy. So I wonder how they're going to scale this up now that that's less of a unique selling point in 2021. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Nintendo showcased Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity Expansion Pass Wave 1, which is out now. 
Um, yeah, I mean, more Hyrule Warriors, which is a good thing, I think. I mean, I know that you played the game, Alistair. I, um, I, I, I must admit, I kind of almost forgot that they announced this, though, weirdly. I don't know why, but um, it's it's a good thing, surely. Yeah, Pulse of the Ancients DLC is bringing along a cool, a few cool things, actually. I mean, you're getting, um, uh, there's a, what you call it, the Force Cycle, Triforce Cycle, and you can play as a Guardian. So that's kind of cool. There's a, a lot of extra cool fun things in there, but nothing that looked like it was necessarily worth investing in to any great extent. It wasn't really moving the story forward. There were a few extra challenges. Uh, there's a new challenge there, Royal Ancient Lab, and some extra enemies added in, but really... I looked at what you're getting for and went, well, that doesn't seem worth paying for. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, Probably. it's. Um, I feel like they've maybe stumbled a little with this expansion pass compared to the Breath of the Wild one where that kind of succeeded in that both parts, you know, had tons of little bits on the side, but there was like a main course. Like you had the Trail of the Sword and then you had the kind of Trail of the Champions. Uh, I, excuse my wording. I think that's not the correct names for them, but... Uh, you know, there was a main course in those, but this felt very bitty. I think the Guardian's fantastic, and I like having the, the motorcycle, but is isn't like there's this new mini campaign or something to hook you in there. But uh, to be honest, it's just lovely to have. And uh, to be honest, I know people are really excited for this. And if you're sold on the game, maybe just getting little bits and pieces that you can then use on the more expansive title it's maybe more ideal yeah well it's got people excited there were more Zelda announcements and the next one was some more details on Skyward Sword which is coming on the 16th of July we got to see a bit more in depth about how this one's going to play out on the Switch we talked about this game a lot I didn't feel like I you know found out a whole heap new with with this one but it, it certainly I think it's going to be a very very popular and exciting title on the Switch Al. Yeah, I mean, they're basically reiterating a lot of what they said before. Hey, we've remastered this. Hey, it's coming. Hey, we've removed motion controls. You can play with it with sticks and buttons now, which is nice, but we already knew that. I have to say, having never played this game, I didn't realise it was sort of a, a Zelda origins. origin story, <laughs> which is kind of cool. It's now actually piqued my interest. I'm quite glad they dropped that bit in because it's, it's made me go, hmm, actually, I might look at this when I was probably have passed it by before. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like every time they show this title, it is definitely reiterating this doesn't have motion controls, <laughs> which um, I'm curious. I have a f sneaking suspicion this might be a, a more lukewarm Nintendo sales release. Uh, it, there's just um, a lack of excitement compared to a lot of the other big IPs or what you would expect from a Zelda game, which I guess on a console that has two Breath of the Wilds and an Age of Calamity and uh, other Hyrule Warriors, there's been a lot of Zelda, so, you know, Link's Awakening. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget Link to the Past Remastered. Yeah, Link, oh, of course, yeah. 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 Was it Link's Awakening Remastered or was it Link to the Past? Oh, sorry, Link's, Link's Awakening, Awakening Remastered. Yeah. yeah, that was one. Yeah, uh, it was beautiful. So good. Yeah, uh, well, we're going to touch on that now because they also announced the game in Watch The Legend of Zelda, which does come with that game, um, plus a couple... So it was Link to the Past it comes with, isn't it? Which one is it that comes with? I can't remember it's now. The Link, Link's Awakening, but yeah, it's the, the, game Boy uh, the original Game Boy version of yeah. it. Yeah, plus uh, 1 and 2, Zelda 1 and 2, uh, I, I believe is on there too. It's coming out on the 12th of November. Um, I actually, for Father's Day today, got the Mario Game & Watch, which is a lovely little bit of kit and plays really, really well. I'm going to get this because I really like... 
those Zelda games and what I like about the Game & Watch is that you can stop at any point and it picks up where you left off without you having to think about hit and save or any of that nonsense so you can flick between games and play them you know if only the Switch could do that and then you come back to where you were on the game it's great so um, they're cool they're very cool I like this and um, it's, a, it's a just a cool looking little device Anton yeah and uh, I've, I've put my stonks on it that this is going to be the one that's going to sell or become the rarest. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of excitement around the first one, and you know a lot of people dove in. This is the one that's going to be like the Zelda fans will buy it, and then it'll go super rare, and then people will make a fortune. So, uh, if you're you're wanting to invest, that's my bet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it because I looked at this and went, oh, "This is just money grabbing tat," and got quite annoyed at it. <laughs> but I wasn't a big fan of the release of the previous one either. So you can get all these games and just about every other Nintendo platform you can think of. You can get them all. Stop, stop sticking them into a a little form factor that you know you're going to sell buttons of money for because people like Mike will go and buy them harumph yeah, end of I rent think, I mean uh, I think you missed the point massively but sure <laughs> I think one of the the biggest missed opportunities was not putting the Oracle of Seasons and uh, Age of like the two Game Boy colour games because that would have been two mm. experiences you couldn't get on the Switch that would have been exclusive to it that haven't been re-released anywhere and they're fantastic Game Boy colour games so that would have pushed it just over the edge. Yeah. No, I think they're great. And um, I, I'm i quite happy considering I think the price is reasonable for what it is. And, you know, it's a bit of a kind of unique something that will, will you know, will sort of, you, you'll go back to time and time again because it's nice and easy to use. And I like it a lot. So, yeah, 100% behind it for me. And that's because I'm not old and boring like Al. Next up, we've got... <laughs> Uh, the final announcement, which was, of course, more detail or more of Breath of the Wild sequel or Untitled Legends of Zelda. They're not giving us the title because they don't want to. They don't want to give away too much to people just yet. But um, yeah, it was good to see. Obviously, the flying mechanic was seemed to be the kind of big thing in this. That that was the sort of big reveal, the sort of you know Zelda in the skies. Um, they've gone up the way, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I mean. It didn't really show us an awful lot, though, while I was kind of like, okay, cool, well, well that's it then, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i very excited about the a sequel. The first one was so good. But there was some, some really weird, strange things going on in that trailer. It looked like there was time manipulation with Zelda flying up through the sky and then going through rock with sort of a weird kind of, you know, sound effect going on. There was, there was a lot of hints and allusions to some very bizarre stuff. It's going to be really interesting to see where they take this. Plus, I love the floating castle. Basically, it reminded me of um, was it Avengers Age of Ultron when they had Hydro Castle just hovering above the landscape. It was very cool. I'm most excited. Very excited. Yeah, I, I'm very delighted by this. I was kind of expecting for this title to be, you know, the same map but a new campaign, kind of like a, an expansion pack. But the fact that they've manipulated the terrain so much to make it a little bit of a fresh new world is incredibly exciting. And Interesting, I'm in the same boat with you, Alistair, where I feel like they haven't made it very clear or they've been very sneaky in the way that they've shown the time mechanic. Because there's a couple of bits. There's a bit where some water drops and then undrops. Yeah. Um, and then there's a bit where you basically freeze an object and then rewind it back in time to then hit some objects, which that sandbox mechanics of, you know, in the same way in the original title where you could, you know, control ice and then physics and then uh, pause things, you know, just adding more pieces to that sandbox. So that was like four or five tools. And that made up like the entirety of the shrines gameplay was made up of manipulating those tools. So adding in more tools and how they interact with each other, really exciting with this brand new world where they're using verticality a lot more. Uh, 
really loved the look of this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have to say, it does look amazing. Uh, I haven't had the same excitement for this one. And I don't know why. I'm sure I will at some point. But, um, but it's awesome. It's obviously awesome. But um, there's just so much else going on. And um, yeah, I also need to finish the first one. I just play like a lot of it and then get bored. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back to it. And then I'm like, I need to start again. Ah, oh, I can't be bothered. But anyway, it's cool. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get your overall thoughts and, re- and ratings then because we always give it an out of 10. And I'll start with Anton. Oh, this is a real tough one. Um, There was a lot of games in here, but not many like spell your tea, oh my God moments. I'm going to go for a seven. There's, um, you know, a good handful of games. Oh, never mind. Let's go for an eight. I'm, I'm going to be p- p- pretty poor from this. You know, Danganronpa, Shimigansi Tensei, Breath of the Wild, uh, Two Point Campus. There, there's a plenty in here to bankrupt me, Al. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be uncharacteristically generous and I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 because there was so much in here that was really good. I think I've read so many headlines saying Nintendo won E3. And really, they did, hands down. They they came out with so many strong games in there. Even even things like Kazuya joining Smash Brothers. You've got Life is Strange, Two Point Campus. I know we've seen Super Mario Golf, but I like it. We've got WarioWare, we've got the um, Mario Party. There are so many things in there and there was pretty much something for everybody. And if you didn't watch the um, Ubisoft Direct, then all of a sudden you've got the Mario Rabbids that was a great thing, albeit kind of spoiled by the fact we knew about it. Yeah, I'm giving this 9 out of 10. I'm almost tempted to give it 10 out of 10, and that's something I, I don't generally do, but I just thought it was a brilliant Direct. Yeah, I tend to agree that I thought it was a, a brilliant Direct. The interesting one for me was I didn't think... So there's so much I'm buying from this. I mean, life is strange... Um, definitely Two Point Campus perhaps Super Monkey Ball I'll be buying Mario Party I'll be buying Cruising Blast probably Mario Golf WarioWare Danganronpa I've already pre-ordered that maybe Shimagami Tensai 5 Tony Hawks maybe Mario Rabbit I mean it's like I, I can't even like cope with how many games I want from this list but the weird thing was Despite all that, there was a couple we knew about there was a couple I could have guessed um, Danganronpa I didn't expect even though I wanted it there wasn't that one game that just went, oh, word, my word. Like when they announced Mario Golf, where we didn't expect that at all. We were like, oh, they've come up with a brand new Mario game. Or like, I don't know, there was just something, there was one thing missing. There was one big announcement. I think it was maybe the finale. It was maybe because the Zelda finale for me, for it being the anniversary, I felt that that bit fell short. I was expecting one more remaster or one more game. And I know they've done a lot, but it's just, you know, hype and expectation. So for that reason, I'm going to give an 8.5. And it would have been a 9 had, or probably might have been a 10 if we'd had that one more just big out the blow out the water announcement. One thing I want to ask, Al, though, is you were convinced there was going to be a pro announcement. Are you disappointed now that you've seen all that, that there wasn't? Disappointed? No, I just thought they would do it. I'm still pretty convinced there's going to be an announcement about one soon. I'm just sort of uh, surprised, yes, that we didn't get it during E3 because I, I was fully expecting it. I have that. changed my mind on it. I don't think we're going to get an announcement now until the end of the year. Really? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. Anton, what's your I thoughts? I don't know. The whole, all the Bloomberg re- reports and stuff, they, they can't have come from nowhere. No, that's true. But I'm just, I just feel like if it ain't broke and I don't think yet it's at the point where they need to so I think it's probably ready it's probably ready to go but they're just like let's sell some games first (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I, I I fully suspect they're building up a wee stock reserve and a warehouse for the holiday season. So I think this might be maybe early, you know, end of the year, like in October. Mm. Like it could be slightly earlier, but I think it'll be big push for Christmas uh, if we do get one this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. That was the direct, and that's not the end of this podcast because we've still got loads to get through. We've got all this week's news and some rumours, <laughs> and we've got the quiz. So we're going to fire on and do our, for which will be our longest ever episode. There's no doubt about that. But it was a really good direct overall, and uh, I'm glad we've had the chance to talk about it. So on to some news. The Sixth Hammer have announced Moolander for the Nintendo Switch. It's a 2D puzzle platformer using a UFO to tame sheep. It's coming out in the spring next year. <laughs> or even cows. Uh, um, yeah, is it is it cows? It says sheep on my list. Very much cows, yes. Oh, it's cows. <laughs> All kinds of shape, sizes, well, demonic and Tom, uh, we're going to have, a, after this episode, we're going to have a little um, discussion about animals, farmyard animals, and um, which ones are which. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I love notes this week. Um, yeah, you know, we'll this you off. an interesting one where it looks like a, a, you know, you hear the concept and you, you think something like, dumb like a goat simulator but it's like actually a surprisingly aesthetic and pretty game um and it's got four player know, multiplayer which we love to see yeah i was kind of impressed by this don't think i'll pick it up myself but looks like they put a lot of love and care into this one Funny enough that's how i feel about it i think it looks stunning it looks like a really really attractive game the visual is beautiful the, the whole uh, idea of just flying around in a ufo shooting at cows and various other enemies that are trying to attack you on Mars is bonkers. It's got a bonkers narration by the sound of it, but I have no intention of buying it. I don't know why. What do you think, Mike? Are you buying this? I feel like it might be the one, if it's on a sale and we have a night where we're going to be in the same place, we might buy it, you know, like a co-op night, because it feels like one of those games. It reminds me of like Broforce or something stupid like that, but obviously visually different. But um, I just have this feeling that that's the way to play this game. I think playing it on your own would be a waste. So um, I'm going to sit on the fence until we see more and get some reviews, because I think it looks ridiculous. Next up, Sebek. Now, this is a really weird announcement for me because there's a bit of a link of nostalgia for me not just because of the show but anyway Sebek announced Bullseye from the Nintendo Switch as in 180 it's a bully uh, only old people I mean I will know what that refers to but it was a TV show in the 80s and early 90s hosted by the late Jim Bowen and it was it was a lot of fun with Bully as the mascot it was basically a darts game show the, the nostalgia for me Al here is that my first gaming system was the, the Spectrum 128K as you know plus two and the very first game I got in that pack was a light gun and bullseye. And it had the theme tune back in 1989, 1990, when I had the light gun and you could shoot your dart with the light gun and then you got your question. And I've watched a playthrough of this because I was like, I'm going to get this. It's like £12. This is great. This is nostalgia. And I watched a playthrough and I went, I'm not going to get this because this looks not that great. If it comes down to like two quid, I'll maybe get it. But there are other game show games on the Switch that are much better and it's a pale imitation of Jim Bowen and there's no light gun. Ugh, it's okay, but I'm just disappointed. I wanted to be like the bullseye I had. <laughs> it does look a bit naff, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, it's really cute to see it on the Switch and, uh, you know, even if you didn't grow up in the 80s, you'll recognise the you know, the logo and just the icon. You've been to a pub and you've seen it on the wall next to the darts board. 
but it, it's a kind of trashy game. <laughs> yeah. It is trashy, but there are 5,000 multiple choice trivia questions wedged in there. So, you know, there's enough to keep you going. Yeah. I think if there's a sale on this, if it comes down to like a few quid, I'll buy it because of the nostalgia. And I do like my, the last week I bought um, Wheel of Fortune because it was on sale. <laughs> and I've got, and I play Trivial Pursuit, Trivial Pursuit all the time. And it's actually genuinely good, Trivial Pursuit. Wheel of Fortune's okay. It's not that bad. It's, it's kind of not as good. But it's That's a glowing review. It's not that bad. No, <laughs> if you pick up in a sale and you like quiz games, it's actually all right. The one I want is who wants to be a millionaire, but it's always expensive. You can never get a decent sale on that, Anton. I was just going to say it's that battle royale mode. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, moving on. Focus Home Interactive have announced A Plague Tale Innocence, the cloud version for the Switch. It's an action-adventure survival horror game with stealth elements coming out on the 6th of July um, as far as cloud go- games go this is one I really like the look of I've got to say it's um, it's a game that is obviously a current gen game as in it's been enhanced for PS5 and Series X on the Xbox but uh, Series S as well I guess but more so X with their visuals but yeah it just just looks really good and I, I think the cloud version I'm hoping it does it justice because this would be a really cool title to add to the collection if you don't mind the cloud element Gosh, it looks good, doesn't it? And they also this week announced the, the sequel to it as well, Requiem. A Plague Tale Requiem is also coming out on the Switch oh, and fabulous. all the other platforms too. So we're getting two in relatively close succession. I don't think we've actually got a release date for Requiem. Mm. I think it's just uh, at some point in 2022. Um, but obviously this one's coming out in July. But yeah, they look they look like really good games. And they have been, I mean, award, the first one was an award winner. It was just a, a stonkingly good game. And I'm quite excited that this is coming to Switch. And it's one that will work better as a streaming game I think just to get that visual fidelity that you wouldn't manage to do if it was just running natively on the Switch mm. yeah you know I think this was one of the titles that I just saw and was like this should have been in the direct because it looks extraordinary and you know it won't be hurt by the you know losing a little bit of frame rate this is a game I think you could easily play it you know 25-30 frames per second with the occasional dip but it looks gorgeous you know the lighting the just the textures, the fidelity of the world. And uh, yeah, I'm just amazed that this game's kind of passed, uh, at least myself, by. It kind of reminds me of Control in the way where it's, you know, this big, gorgeous uh, AAA experience by what is not uh, an EA or an Activision or a Ubisoft of the world. Just very impressive and delighted that, although cloud version, we're getting it on the Nintendo Switch in some capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In-house studios announced Glitched for the Nintendo Switch. It's a meta RPG, no release date as yet. If you're a fan of the likes of Earthbound, then this might be the kind of game that you want to check out. It looks really, really nice. It's uh, early 2022. They reckon this is is coming, but um, it's it got an interesting storyline as well, where there's a sort of a glitch has caused some some issues and um, and basically you have to kind of follow the story and, and kind of the, basically the video game world's been threatened by this mysterious glitch but it's got a really nice look to it um, and, and it could be a really strong indie title this one Anton Yeah I think this one will truly come down to how good they can hit the writing but as a concept writing wise it uh, seems really really promising uh, you know at the beginning of the game it seems like our protagonist realises that they're in a video game and they've been getting controlled they became self aware of that and that is a catalyst for the world and the game falling apart. And then it's up to them and tackling the glitch to, you know, save the video game, which um, if it's done with some nuance and I think especially dealing with that self-awareness and the, the agency of the character and how that um, makes them feel and the world and the characters feel that, you know, 
their life has no meaning. That could be fun to delve into. Um, but it's going to have to really rely on that writing. Yeah, and obviously they, they enlist you, the player. They physically speak direct to you, controlling their world and them. And it's it's a lovely little idea. And apparently it came to them during a, sort of a high school computing class. And they just, over the years, they've just built this out and created this rather charming looking game. And I have to say, it looks really good fun. I, I have a lot of um, hope that this turns out well, because it, it looks like it could be an absolute stonker, a proper classic of a game. And yeah, we'll have to wait quite, wait quite a while to find out, but worth the wait, I hope. Yeah, hopefully. Now, after the fan distress that Animal Crossing New Horizons wasn't featured at E3, and it trended, it, it trended on Twitter as well. People were in distress. There were tears. Doug Bowser has put out an official statement. He says, while we didn't talk about it, we absolutely have plans going forward to ensure the 33 million people who have islands out there have new and fun activities to engage with. Look out for more to come. Uh, we'll come to you on this, Anton, because obviously uh, it wasn't mentioned at E3. I'm not massively shocked it wasn't, though, because isn't it kind of a, just an ongoing thing? It's, it, did people really expect them to go, oh, we'll use it? I mean, I know they do sometimes yeah. randomly, Nintendo do this, but I didn't expect them to use any of their time in Animal Crossing. Yeah, you know, I get both parts. I know there's a little bit of upset in the Animal Crossing community at the moment because, you know, Nintendo came along and promised years of DLC and there hasn't really been anything this year. Um, and we're only year one into its lifespan. Like there was maybe one or two events at the beginning of the year and then it's just been like nothing. Uh, so I understand why it's like, oh, we were promised that this was going to be, you know, a year long, ex- years long experience. But I also think there's an element of, maybe some of the Animal Crossing fan base aren't the most avid gamers and are just not used to the fact that this is maybe not the top of Nintendo's priority list at all times. Like, they've got a lot of other stuff going in. And I I wasn't personally expecting much, but I get a little bit of where the distress is coming from. So I think as long as the distress and, you know, there is more DLC coming, which I'm sure there is, then we're going to be golden. Exactly. I mean, they've said you're going to get content for the next couple of years. There will be content for the next couple of years. I mean, they dropped all that Mario content this year. They did a huge dump of Mario content this year. There was so much went out into into there. Frankly, we don't need Nintendo Direct taken up with an existing game with extra DLC. We don't need it. Just give it its own little thing every so often. Go, oh, by the way, here's what we're releasing for Animal Crossing. And just that way it can be focused. The Animal Crossing people and the rest of us get on with interesting, new, fun games. Yeah. Uh, Super Rare Games have announced Super Rare Shorts. It's not a pair of shorts from Super Rare, although I'd probably buy those. It's a label for games that they fund exclusive, uh, exclusively that will never be released digitally. Only avail- They're only going to be available physically once for anyone that wants them in a th- in a month in month-long windows. So in other words, they're going to release games that are very specific in a very short time window so that just a few people have this particular game which to me just seems like it's going to absolutely fly up in terms of value for these games if you do get your hands on them Anton Yeah this has been uh, possibly the most controversial piece of news this week Um, I think it's very cool as an idea of you know funding new titles and getting um, you know putting some emphasis on physical stuff but it's definitely leaning into FOMO and artificial scarcity which there's criticism there Um, to be honest I kind of wish this wasn't a thing because you know it's going to suck if there's like a franchise that you really love it gets like let's say a sequel or a spin-off or an entry or even a game developer that you admire makes a title for this and you just don't have the money at the time and then it's like a 200 pound game later that that's not really fun and you know I hope that doesn't become a thing but 
It's a controversial one. Well, to be fair, they did a massive U-turn on it. They announced this, and then I think it was the next day or two days later, after all the fan, after all the backlash, they then released a statement going, "Oh, okay, yeah, you all make really good points. Mm, we'll defend ourselves vigorously, but at the end of the day, we're wrong and you're right." And so they decided that they are not going to be physical only. They're going to be released six months later on um, digital on itch.io. Oh, sorry, they'll be released for six months digitally on itch.io, and the pre-order window has gone from four weeks to six weeks, which is still quite short. But yeah, you can you can now buy these things. Uh, differently so it's not quite as scarce and short or as rare as they were going to be um, because yes there was this massive backlash of uh, prices going up and also the fact that people would have to pre-order and pay for games that they had no idea what they were going to be they couldn't wait for any reviews to come out before purchasing it was literally just give us your money and we'll give you something in return which is dodgy at best so they heard them and they changed the rules so yes games will no longer be exclusive to physical editions they will go and say on itch.io uh, six months after the physical release and a longer window yeah I mean I'm like you Anton I'm on the fence about this I think it's great I love a good collection I like having a rare game myself but I think when you exclude people from being able to get it early on particularly physically okay they're going to come out digitally as well which is definitely better um it just feels a bit kind of elitist. It's like, well, the rich can have this and no one else can. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, initially they will be particularly expensive, but they're definitely going to go up in price very, very quickly. Even if it's just, you know, you can get them digitally, that's still going to artificially push up the prices. So I'm in two minds about it, but, you know, I do like a rare game as well. I like to own a rare game, but I just don't know how many people can justify um, you know, some of the prices that these will command. Yes, Al, you want to speak? There, Yeah, there is an interesting element of this I quite like. that. You know, normally when they do super rare releases, they'll say we're releasing, I don't know, 100 of these or 1,000 of these or whatever the volu- volume is. Mm. With this one, it's literally, however many pre- people pre-order this game, that's how many of this game we're going to print. Yeah. So they could end up being really, really, really scarce or they could end up being massively abundant depending on how many people actually order the games in advance. Yeah. I don't know what kind of prices they'll charge for them. Yeah, well, that is definitely... It's quite an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because it is a different way of doing things for sure. Lego have announced Super Mario Character Pack Series 3 including Scuttlebug, Swoop, Parachute, Bob-omb, Amp, Torpedo Ted... Krober, uh, Galoomba, Bony Beetle, One Up Mushroom, and Boo. Um, that's a lot of um, extra Lego characters. Al, yes, Michael. Cool. It is. There we go. A lot of extra Mario characters, and it will charge a fortune for them. Probably, I'm guessing, but I don't really know. I don't know who's buying them. I presume they fit into the actual Lego sets, and they become part of the you know the games that you can play, and the, the whole way that that Lego Mario setup exists but i just i'm struggling to get excited yeah it's funny i feel like i can get my my nintendo card revoked where i hold little of those names that i recognize <laughs> it's so stupid because we never give them names in my like in the game in game a lot of them we don't think of them by their names we're, we know they can see the character and you go oh yeah cool yeah I know oh yeah that. that's a spiky snake yeah exactly yeah, i just always assumed that uh, torpedo ted was just bullet bill underwater <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't know there was a torpedo, Ted. Uh, release date for Diablo 2 Resurrected has been given September 23rd. Huge, huge franchise. And yeah, it's good to see that one coming to the Switch as well, Anton. Indeed. Very pr- impressive remaster. They've really done the works on it. And um, yeah, multiplayer. It's going to be going to be quite fun to get this one going. Yeah. Um, have you ever played a Diablo game, Alistair? 
Um, no, I've not, never actually played one, but I, I remember when they announced this, it did look amazing. The fact that you had that sort of swap mode from original graphics to remastered graphics. It was a, a lovely, it's not a new mechanic, but it did, it really showed you how far they've taken this game. So yeah. it's, uh, it's great we've got a release date for it. Now, one of the games that both Al and I are excited for is Sports Story, which is the follow-up to Golf Story. There's been an update on it. They say some parts of the game unexpectedly grew quite large. The tennis partner has a full career that spans multiple zones. We decided we had no choice but to see it through and look forward to sharing the results of our struggles. We think it's worth it. Your tennis journey begins on the unassuming but competitive baby's court. The lessons you learn here will prepare you for the ruthlessness you'll face in tennis school. And trust me, um, just to give you a very quick story, I play in tennis leagues here and last week, uh, even though I'm in, you know, play some pretty good players and I don't think I'm that bad myself. Of, of We were top of our league. I was up a league to help out the team above me and we had to play a 13 and a 14 year old last week who annihilated all of us. So it is a competitive <laughs> world and there are a lot of very, very good players, but, you know, most of them have to do it pretty much day in, day out. Um, but yeah, Al, this explains the the, the sort of delays because I've kind of wondered what's been going on with this game because I've been very excited about it. But you know what? If it takes till next summer to make it perfect, do it. Yeah, if the, if the game's getting bigger and there's more content in it, I'm not complaining. The original was so, so good. And by the way, if you haven't got the original, it's currently on the eShop down to £6.74. So go and buy Let's it go and buy play it. it. Go play Golf Story. It's amazing. But yeah, the fact they're playing all these other sports, I think there's fishing and cricket, I think, randomly. Or there's fishing and something else anyway sure. in the game, um, in Sports Story. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait for this to be released. Anton? Yeah, you know, I think when I heard about this title once it got announced, I thought it was like, okay, this will be like, you know, the, let's say like 130% of what Golf Story was. But it, it really seems like they've just, you know, this is going to be like 2,000%. They're just going to have 20 games stapled onto one and it's just going to be this big old massive experience. Very impressive. And uh, yeah, to be honest, it sounds like the they have a full tennis story built in there already. Yeah. Uh, here's a weird one for you. Influencers are getting a cool Nintendo E3 care package with a breaking case of extreme excitement snack box and a Nintendo hoodie with the creator's name on it. Uh, I'm a little gutted it's only going out to specific influencers, Anton, but yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, it's interesting to see Nintendo acknowledge, like, influencers on the internet uh, and I'm kind of jealous of the hoodie they got it has like their name on the front with Nintendo on the back it's kind of like a, a baseball uh, jacket um, I'm very jealous Al uh, how, how do we be- yeah how do we become a Nintendo ambassador I want to be Nintendo ambassadors I want their cool stuff although having said that they were a bit Nintendo weren't putting themselves in the best light again this week with their ambassadors and various partners online because they sent out a tweet, certainly Nintendo Japan sent out a tweet telling them, oh yeah, by the way, you're not allowed to uh, stream our Direct. Um, you can comment on it and react to it, but you're not allowed to stream the Direct. And everyone went, what? And Nintendo of America stayed very quiet. <laughs> and I think most of the big channels just did it anyway, because why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, just sometimes you think, come on, why would you, why would you... Uh do this but um, yeah anyway uh, Hidika Kamiya has shared frustrations concerning Bayonetta 3 pestering on Twitter uh, I get why people say hurry up and release info or show us something but reckless remarks like has development stopped or I guess it's been delayed etc are nothing but annoying public waste um, okay uh, what's your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's amazing every couple of months we get just a really frustrated news story um, I feel like this is going to be the downfall of man right here. Um, 
and a, a cautionary tale of about uh, announcing your game way, 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 way too early. Because this was a the Switch was just a, a little bub when this was announced. I know. Have you guys seen the movie Inside Out? Yes, Pixar one. You know, there's a little angry one whose heads constantly the red ones' heads constantly exploding and going on fire. I'm picturing Hideki looking like this. Every single thing we hear from them. They're getting angrier and angrier and angrier. I've <laughs> been constantly badgered about this game. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting actually quite comical. <laughs> well, you just know that that's just like you know poking a poking a lion. Everyone's just going to annoy them more with more questions. So, but that's what happens. Next up, Pokemon Unite is going to launch on the Switch in July. It's a mobile port and it's coming out in September. So yeah, I'm again. It's nice to see. I mean, we've played Pokemon Go on. Uh, many, I don't know anything about Unite um, and personally won't it's be a, playing. It's a new game, so it's not a mobile port. It's being ported to mobile, actually, at some point later in the year. Okay. It's so it's, um, but it's a five-player Pokemon team battle game right. thing. Yeah, I, so I'm struggling to get excited. Po- Pokemon Unite is a competitor to League of Legends. Um, so it's, I believe, two teams of five, big, big, big battles, a massive map. Uh, a MOBA and will probably go in hard towards the esports team. Uh, I know there was a lot of criticism and upset when it would be announced that you know this big new Pokemon game that they had their own dedicated event for would be um, one of these style games and would be on mobile particularly. But I think the fact that it's getting its Nintendo Switch port first in July and then later on down the line we'll get a mobile port gives me a, an aura that they're kind of, they're taking this serious like they're wanting this to be a serious title that will hopefully then go on to have its esports community yeah yeah i mean it's um it, it, everything about this has passed me by but it's again one that i think when you see what the reaction's like i might be more inclined to kind of go okay right got it you know um and and jump in and have a go but it's cool that it's kind of across such a wide range i think that's definitely a good thing so um, but we'll see. I'm not. I'm on the fence about this one. All. Yeah, I suspect my son might become addicted to this. He's currently ramping up his interest in Pokemon. In fact, literally everything he talks about and does at the moment is Pokemon. I'm learning an awful lot of new Pokemon. I pretty much only knew the Gen One ones. He knows, I think, almost all of them. He just seemed to absorb them like a sponge and is playing Pokemon Go constantly with my phone at the moment. So sounds about right. My neighbours even lent us Pokemon Snap. It came through my front door this morning. So I suspect he's going to want to play that. And uh, yeah, everything in the South Shoulders Pokemon. This will probably end up being part of it. Fabulous. Uh, Okay, well, believe it or not, we've actually got through the news. And um, thankfully there's not many rumours. In fact, there's just the one. But let's do this week's rumour. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Okay, so whew, that was a long news segment, but let's <laughs> let's talk about the rumor. Uh, Amazon Australia have leaked the Super Mario Airship Lego set, which will release this summer. Al, I know you're a bit of a Lego nerd. Um, yeah, what do you think the airship? Well, you know what? As much as I'm down uh, very much anti Lego Mario because they've just done it so badly, the Lego airship is the first thing that's actually looked quite cool just as a standalone set. If you build the, the ship and just throw away the characters because the Lego Mario is an abomination of Lego, mm-hmm. throw it away and just have the airship. It looks like a really cool set. It would be a fun thing just to get and build, but it's in the Lego Mario universe and so it's just annoying and rubbish and I hate it. 
Yeah. You know, I love how many times on this podcast Mike prefaces with, you love Lego, and then you're like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, this doesn't come with the actual Lego Mario or Lego Luigi. It's just the airship, it's just building, and that's that's the, the good part of it. And um, you know, I kind of like it as a kind of standalone experience. It isn't just the, the obstacle course that you do once with the LED screened Lego man that's not a Lego man. Um, yeah, I think this is cute. Hopefully they it doesn't get too much of that Mario markup though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there we go. After the longest ever news segment, we've now had the shortest ever rumour segment and it's now time for the quiz. I have so many questions. Huzzah! Quiz time! Okay. Well, Anton is currently winning. He's on 13 to Mike's 11. But if Mike wins this, then that means Mike gets to draw even. Mm. And it's eeksy peeksy. So, let's just jump straight in, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Game number one. 2012, Nintendo DS. It's a 2D platformer. Fire away. 2012, Nintendo DS to 2D platformer. Um, Yoshi's Island DS. No. Did you say Nintendo DS 2? Nintendo DS 2D platformer. Oh, I see. 2012. 2012. Um, don't know. Alright, it was published, oh sorry, developed by Aspect Co and published by Bandai Namco. Um... Banjo-Kazooie DS. No. Dragon Ball Z, the 2D platformer. No, I did pick this one because it's got a wonderfully low 28% Metascore. <laughs> Metascore score. It's just Metacritic score. It's awful. It's so bad. Wow. <laughs> um, um, Barbie DS. No, but you are getting closer. <laughs> uh, Dune. Oh, at Monster High. No, the main character's abilities include a slide, uh, double jump, downward stab attack, as well as the ability to fire a beam of light from their sword hilt uh, once their power gauge has been filled up, and they can briefly get help from other members of their team once they've unlocked He-Man. No, but again, very close. Um, Mega Man Battle Network. No, critics routinely pan the title's overly simplistic gameplay and subpar graphics, with the Nintendo Power calling it an incredibly sorry, an incredibly simple side-scrolling romp through boring levels populated by similar-looking enemies. Uh, Nintendo Life remarked that it was about as bad as a game can get while still remaining functional, lambasting its repetitive action and slow, play, uh, slow gameplay, and the review from Destructoid called it a truly disgusting DS game, drawing attention to its substandard graphics and gameplay, declaring that it looks like like a slightly below average Sega Genesis title and plays like a dumbed down Golden Axe. Um, is it um, Transformers? Nope, you're still very close. Oh, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nope, still very close. It is based on an animated series. It was released four months after the final episode aired, which was uh, basically cancelled by Cartoon Network after just one season. Shira. Nope. N10. Nope. Uh, do I give you one more clue? I'm gonna give this is basically gonna be finger the buzzer. Who's gonna get here first? Snarf. Oh, um Oh <laughs> My Little Pony? No, it's <laughs> nope. it's um Thundercats. 
Huzzah! Mike gets a point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a bad, bad game that apparently was. That's a shame. Wow. Like, I didn't even know it existed on the DS. The fact that it came out in 2012 on the DS is a revelation to me. But Yeah, it was based uh, on the reboot. So they rebooted uh, I remember the reboot. there for okay. one year. I, in, in my head, I was trying to remember, it's not he it's not Transformers. It's the other one from the 80s, which I like, but I couldn't remember for some reason. I had a mind blank. And it went schnarf. Well, I did want to be the original Thundercats game, but it wasn't on any sort of vaguely modern home consoles or Spectrum, Amiga yeah. type things. And it was like, eh, it's too far. Okay. Anyway. Cool. So, okay. Full. Uh, full. So, first blood to oh. Mike. Ooh. All right, the second game. It's an RPG. It's developed by Square, and it basically it fits along their usual adventuring turn-based combat uh, format. Fire away. Not going to give you the year. No trigger. Nope. Um, I can't remember the name of it now um, so don't know alright uh, your party can grow up to five characters through the game but you're only allowed to take three of them into battle pretty much standard stuff really Secret of Mana? nope um, Final Fantasy 7 no the game's soundtrack was composed by Yoko uh, Shimomura uh, she regards the game score as one of the turning points in her career as a composer and the music from the game was released as a two disc soundtrack in Japan mm. every game ever in Japan um, <laughs> I am being deliberately vague with so these it's ones it's a turn based RPG you say it yes um, is it Dragon Quest Kingdom Hearts you're both wrong. Uh, it was one of only seven SNES games released outside of Japan to use Nintendo's SA1 chip. If that means anything to you, I can elaborate on what the SA1 no, chip is, is if you don't know. Um, SNES. Final Fantasy IV? No. Trials of Mana? No, it was never released in the PAL region. Um, Nintendo representatives cited the need to optimise the game for PAL televisions and translate it in multiple languages, which is just... Dumb, frankly. But yes, never made it over to Pal. Um, Persona 2. Nope. Um, Legend of Mana. No. Developed, oh, sorry, development began in 1994. Uh, and it took a while to do because they were bringing in the IP of another company who had never done an RPG before. Enix. They really wanted their characters <laughs> to be in an RPG. Um... I don't know any RPG I, that kind of, I don't that's the biggest clue I've given you so far um, okay alright is it um, Super Mario RPG Mario and Luigi to lengthen the name of that Super, Mario, bit, Anton? Super uh, Mario RPG um, Partners in the, Time not oh, Partners in Time um, I can't remember what it's called the, the Six Secret Rings oh you're so close but no Oh, I'm going to give you the point. Super Mario RPG Legends of the Seven Stars. Oh, yeah. I'll give you the point for that, Anton. That was that was close enough. So it means it's going to be closest to the pin. Okay. Go for it. I, I'm just going to... Well, I think it might go first normally, so I'm going to give it to Anton this week. All right. To go first. What year did Quake come out? Um, Let's go with 1997. Mike? 95 now you're posing me a problem because a slap bang in the middle of the two of you <laughs> <laughs> I will go find another game Mike why did you not just go one to the side <laughs> because I'm not a cheat bang on 
<laughs> All right, I will very quickly Google another game. Uh, I will put in. No, no, it's not that. A powerful not that. day when we get a Super Mario RPG sequel, like a proper one that's not a Paper Mario. I know, I know. There's some really good ones on the DS as well, and um, and the 3DS actually. But uh, the, the DS games are particularly good for the RPGs. Um, uh, I'm surprised we haven't had a Mario and Luigi yet. That's yeah, a big one. Really good. Maybe something right. to do with licensing. When when did this come out? I have got my game. Okay. I couldn't tell you what platform it's on, but I think I'm just going to go with the game. Whoever gets closest to this. So, what year did Octodad Deadliest Catch come out? Nothing going to do about Octodad. Well, you went first last time, so I'm going to give this to Mike first this time. Oh, God. Um, it could be uh, 2011. 2012. Anton gets it. It was 2014. I, I couldn't remember. I remember the song, but I can't remember what year it came out. Well done, Anton. 1411. <laughs> Well done, both of you. That was that was good. Yeah, good. That good was one. very very good. Tense one. Yeah, well done. <laughs> uh, some would say Shin Megami tense, but um, uh, anyway. <laughs> right. you, you have one Father's Day and look at you now. That's it. Dad yeah, jokes and all. Exactly. Well, that is it for us. We will be back with another episode next week for our Patreons. We'll be back during the week with the prequel. Look out for Last Call as well. And uh, a huge thank you to everyone for all your support. Remember, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us is the website address. And you can email us at contact. Podcast at nsukp.co.uk. Thank you. Uh, And that is it. We will see you later. Goodbye. Toodle pip. Au revoir.